Beast OCR proudly presents BeastNet Podcast, sponsored in part by GH Under's Performance Base Layers and supported by the OCR community. Here we discuss all things OCR related. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody, Mike here um, for BeastNet, and we got a fun episode today. I've got Adam, Janelle, and Virginia all here to talk about Beast Breaker and what a great time it was. So how are you all, all doing? Good. Hey, I'm good. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Oh. So for the, why don't we have Adam start off? And Adam, explain to everyone what Beast Breaker is for those of us that weren't there or, or don't know what it is and have never done it. <laughs> okay. Um, so Beast Breaker, uh, we just completed our third year of Beast Breaker. Um, started back in 2016 after, you know, just about under a year of doing different what we call test endurance events and other shenanigans in the mountains. Uh, we put together Beast Breaker as kind of our first formal, hey, this sounds tough and fun, let's do this together challenge. Um, lots of learning <laughs> from that first one. And uh, definitely thought I was going to get skewered by a couple people. And yeah. that's kind of morphed into this yearly tradition where we get together, we go play in the dark or light or whatever for 12-something hours. Um, and it's definitely evolved um, from its first iteration. Uh, this year there was a little bit more arts and crafts. There was uh, a lot more structure. Um, there was actually was on a pretty historical um, park. And so we, you know, we got some history, geology lessons uh, kind of throughout it. Um, learned about some of Seattle's history as well. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Um, and I don't know, I just, I, every year it's been better than the previous year. And I can't wait to see what happens next year. That sounds awesome. One of these days I, I might, yeah, no, I might do it. <laughs> yeah. It's like well, before before we start recording, me and Virginia were talking about, like, endurance has never been kind of my thing. I'm more the, the races kind of guy and that stuff. And endurance, I've done a few endurance events, and it's never been my my side of the OCR has never really been the, the endurance. Some days I get that wild hair and I decide to do one, but it's never been my main focus. But. You know, it's endurance means something different for everybody, and it's definitely changed for me a lot in the last several years. Um, I wouldn't call myself a master, you know, at all. But if you know, when we first started, it felt like there was a lot of just. And one of the reasons that we kind of started these is we we felt like maybe there's a lot of other things out there that are endurance e or call themselves endurance or have some element out there, you know, anything from, you know, multi-lap fun runs to just suck fests to, you know, miles and miles with some PT. It kind of felt like there's a, a little bit of an attitude of, not only say entitlement, but just kind of almost elitism, like I'm bitter, bigger and better than you because I can do this for this and this. And that kind of wasn't, I don't know, it didn't really sit right. And yeah. I think, especially with this, the last few events we've done, um, you know, we only did a few in 2018, but tried to make them more creative, more 
of an adventure, you know, definitely some parts are difficult and some parts to challenge people mentally and, and kind of put them in that spot where, oh, oh man, like, do I, do I have to? I don't want to. Like, you know, get you there, but not necessarily put your health at risk. You know, I'd never, you know, there's, Rate, there's events out there that call themselves endurance events where they make you chug three liters of water and then roll down a hill and throw up and get immediately dehydrated and go on for another 48 hours. Like, that, that's not us. <laughs> but yeah. wanted to find a fun balance that kind of felt, you know, something that we would want to do and not necessarily be something where you hear endurance, you're like, crap, it doesn't matter what it is. They said endurance, like, I, I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm kind of rambling on here, but I think I you get what I'm throwing down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, and I get what you mean. I mean, it's one of those ones I have, because I've done a few of the, the hurricane heats and stuff like that, but that Spartan has and that kind of stuff. And it's just, I get it. And I think, honestly, for me, if I was in better shape, I would be better for it. Um, I just always feel like I'm that guy which I know at the hurricane heats, it's all about teamwork and all that. And there really isn't that guy, but still in my head, I'm that guy. I'm the guy that's holding the team back. I'm the guy that, you know, everything else. So that's one of my issues. And I, that's a personal issue I need to get past. So, but yeah. Yeah. No, so Mike, I mean, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I think okay. like that's a, that's a really key thing about our beast endurance events. Like, I I completely understand how you feel in some of these other things and and that is a a real, you know, a real issue. Um but I think that's what's so cool about our beast events is that that we I don't know, we all just come together at the point where we're at and nobody nobody has to feel like that guy because we don't put the event is designed in a way that Everyone's going to have a strength. Everyone's going to have a weakness. It's going to change throughout the night. Do you know what I mean? And and yeah. you're always oh you're always a team. And there's not this selectivity or this feeling of like you're not making the cut. It's it's like all I ask is that you know you do your best. And then when everyone's doing their best, we're we're chugging along instead of getting punishments or you know what I mean that that judgmental kind of hush that yeah. goes across the crowd when one person can't do the thing. Um, it's not yeah. like that with us. And I think that's what I love about the, these team events is that they are different and they're challenging. I'm not saying they're easy, but they they really are. Like we keep posting that these events are scalable and anyone can come do them. And I really believe that. Like you can come in, in the shape that you're in and I guarantee like, as a team, we're all going to do this together, and your ability is not going to turn out to be like <laughs> the thing that's whispered about, you know. It's really, it's really cool teamwork. And go Janelle, ahead. kind of going back to what you were just saying, was when we did Beast Breaker Zero Zero One, yeah, and you had a bunch of people who honestly, point blank, Adam, none of us knew what we were getting into. <laughs> I mean, yep. I honestly thought we were like six, eight hours, and I'd be done. And then twelve hours later, we finished. Um, yep. That that first one for a lot of people was a reset. There were a lot of people, and including myself, came in and said, "There's no way I can do a twelve hour. There's just no freaking way." And all night, 
you know, through the streets of Renton and dear Lord knows wherever else we were that night <laughs> with two we sandbags. Were five cities. I I remember that much, but a lot of the other details to me at this point are still kind of fuzzy. Um, everybody pulled together though. I mean, we were all carrying Billy Bob and Sally the sandbags. Um, no one no one dropped. No one medically dropped. Everyone finished like we were supposed to. And yeah, I mean, these are scalable. You're you're not going to be looked at as oh, you know, I can't, you know, do such and such, so I'm just going to hold the team back. Uh, it just never happens. If you say you're having trouble, then you're going to get help, whether you like it or not, because you're going to exactly. finish, yeah. period. Even if you don't you say you're having bomb. trouble, if we can tell you're having trouble, you're going to get some help. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> I think Billy Bob and Sally are over at Pretty Mike's house right now, actually. I think so. Mm. Yeah. I think so. Uh, I have my own pair of Billy Bob and Sally now, so I don't need the remembering of those two. <laughs> like well, we have six awesome others, that. but uh, I still miss them. So I might I might be willing <laughs> to trade a couple of these newbies for those beat-up original Beast Breaker bags. <laughs> no, uh, they're mine now. <laughs> <laughs> And see, that's what I like is, like, when you guys talk about, you know, how it's it's a team thing. Because, I mean, it's one of those things, like I said, when I've done the other ones, it's not like anybody pointed out, said, hey, you're the slow guy, you're doing whatever. I mean, Virginia, I think, was with on both the ones I've done. And I just I just felt like that guy. You know, yeah. I felt like I was the guy that everyone was always waiting for. I was the guy, you know, and I don't want to be that guy. And I think it's great. I mean, I may have to do one of these now that you guys, you know, I keep hearing you guys talk about how – Nobody's that guy. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, well, I think the key is, yeah, I think the key is, is at some point in the night, everybody is that guy. Like, there's going to yep. be some aspect of it where you learn, like, wow, this is hard for me. Like, I'm, I'm struggling here. And then there's yeah. going to be a different part, point in the night where you're like, wow, I'm really good at this, and I could do this all night. And you surprise yourself with what you can do and and where you shine but I think that's the key of it is you see the people that you know in our heads are like amazing and and can do everything and you see them struggle and then you see the people that struggle and struggle and then you see a moment where they're super strong and they're outshining everyone and it only takes a few minutes for everyone to kind of fall into that mentality of like okay this isn't this isn't a competition like no one's out here to be the best and no one's going to quote unquote win win this event. We're all we're all gonna win it because we're all gonna finish and everyone's strength is gonna be needed at some point in the night and everyone is gonna struggle at some point in the night. And I it's just it's such a good like equalizing event where you get to walk away and say, you know, I really hate doing fish out of water crawls through frozen grass. I suck at that. I was the last person, you know what I mean? But on the oh, other hand, I was carrying sandbags full of bricks, like back and forth and back and forth. And I was smiling and giggling and thinking I could do this all night. So you go through that whole range of ability and I'm the slow guy and now I'm in front and and you stop thinking about it that way. It's no longer like I'm in the back or I'm in the front. You're just part of the machine that's accomplishing the mission and trying to figure out like, okay, 
you know, one foot in front of the other. What do I need to do next to get through this? See, that's awesome. And, 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 and to yeah. kind of go along with that, too, it's, it's not only the physical things that you're going to find. It's the mental side. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me personally, we got towards the end of the night and everyone was singing. And I remember mentally going, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> because I'm not one of the I most people know me, I am not the most outgoing out like doing this kind of stuff. Um so we got to a point in the night where everyone was singing and I remember I remember going, Okay, this is just another mental challenge for me to get through. I'm just gonna shut up. <laughs> so I, that's it. And it. I mean, it mentally, I mean, like at 10 and 11 hours, things are going to grate on your nerves that you don't really understand. Mm-hmm. And it's a mental game of self-control. And it's also a mental game where you get to the point and you're seeing, hey, I wish I could do this better. You know, this person's doing this and I'm slow. What's wrong? And it's that mental ability to stop, reset yourself really quick and say no. It's not it's not a competition like Janelle said. It's about everyone getting through this. And yeah, yeah I'm not gonna be the strongest now, but I might be the strongest later. You never know. Yep. So, Mike, to add on to what Virginia said, um, there was kind of this jovial spirit um throughout the day. I think it was by far one of the most balanced events we did where, you know, things that were I mentioned in the event, things were sandwiched, right? So in between, you know, any any fun thing there's or creative thing or, you know, maybe something where it's not necessarily just physical suck, there's going to be, you know, something where maybe you, it's your ingenuity that counts or it's your creativity or how you can work as a team together, right? And so there's this jovial spirit where there's a lot of laughter um, this year in Beast Breaker. And there's a lot a lot of jokes um, <laughs> and it ended up culminating like the last three, three and a half, four hours of the event. Uh, I don't know how it started. Somebody like referenced a Disney song or something and ultimately like it ended up like people just kept singing songs. Somebody would bust out a lyric and then people would start chiming in. Um, it culminated in a dozen people singing, you know, maybe a third of Bohemian Rhapsody in, in the dark of a forest together uh, <laughs> at the top of their lungs as they're, they're rocking along. Yep. And that was, uh, that was pretty cool. And different, right? Cause 10 hours into something, 11 hours into something like people singing, it, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it's and that's fun. probably what threw me was it was weird. <laughs> and I was just yep. like, Oh crap. I can't comprehend this right now. <laughs> Renee did a pretty wow. good Age of Aquarius, though. I got to, I got to admit, that was like spot on. She should see, she yeah. should be singing more. <laughs> <laughs> so, so one of the things. Um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I would say one of the things I was going to have is I was going to have a uh, Janelle and Virginia have this opportunity to like, you know, question you on why you did things or what you you know, what they really liked about what you did or any of that kind of stuff. Oh, that's dangerous. <laughs> I was about to say, this could get ugly. <laughs> I don't know. Both, did you notice we both just felt really silent for a minute? Like, it's a trap. Yeah, it's like don't you do start it. thinking about it. Uh, Admiral Akbar, it's a trap. It's a trap. You know, <laughs> trap. Uh, I didn't so, waver for this, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
All right, so Janelle, I think Janelle, you will agree with this first thing of the trickery that Adam and uh, Rachel and Brian played on us was after we built Brigloo, which took a very long time and we were very happy with it, we were told it had to be destroyed. And the next thing we were told is your hands are going to be tied behind your back. (laughs) Yeah. I think the look that every one of us gave, all three of them, was, you've got to be kidding. Yeah. You're, you're serious. And so yeah. out come the zip ties. <laughs> and, yep. like, all right, fine. So you could see, like, we're all, like, begrudgingly lining up to get this done. <laughs> and then we start carrying, we actually start killing off our precious Briglue. And yeah start carrying bags with our hands behind our backs down to the quarry. And then a couple of us wriggled out. And all of a sudden we look at Brian and Adam and Rachel and they're like, oh, look, you got free. Okay. And this was probably after 30 minutes. And all three of us like, you're kidding. I'm pretty sure we hated all of you at that, about that point. Because Rachel even at first said, I'm sorry, you guys are all going to hate me right now. Yeah. And we did. <laughs> right now. Um, yeah. And then when Patrick and I got free and Adam and Rachel and Brian are all just like, oh, look, you got free. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> we're like, this is the worst trick ever. And, uh, yeah. And I I don't know, Virginia, if you saw me. I didn't I don't remember seeing you much right then, but um I I knew that this was gonna be bad. Like my PT mind was like, Oh my gosh, my shoulder is in like the most inopportune angle right now. It's like I would totally went doctor mode. I was like, Everyone's shoulders are so unstable. If one of us falls, it's gonna be like complete terror of the rotator cuff like this is dangerous and I was getting like all worked up in my head right <clears throat> so I um I I was carrying some bricks back to the quarry and I was like I wonder I had seen James try and do the like scoop your your butt through your arms and like pull your feet through and I knew I could do that at least I could like uh, years and years ago so I was like I wonder if I could still do that my hands will be in front of me and I'll probably get punished, but at least I'll still be like, I won't break my handcuffs. So I ducked away in a bush at full of thorns. And I was like caterpillar, you know, stuck in a spider web trying to just wriggle my butt through my arms. And then I got my butt through and I was like, Oh my gosh, I think I can do this. And I got one foot through and I was so relieved. But at the same time, I was terrified. I was like, I don't want to go back because Adam's going to see me. And then it's going to be like, you know, zip tied hand burpees for everybody. But I was like, screw it. I'll just, I'll just tell them how dangerous this is. Like I had my, you know, my whole like uh, case built up for me and I dumped my bricks. And as I'm walking back, I see like James is running with his hands free. And I'm like, what? You broke through? And I was like, oh God, now we're really going to, we're really going to be punished. And then I saw Patrick and he's like, hey, we can break free. And I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm not falling for that. Like, you guys are all going to do burpee penalties, but not me. And I come walking back and I see literally everyone free. And I was like, what in the hell was this? Are you guys playing a joke on me? And I'm still having my hands, like, totally handcuffed with these things. And I just see Adam's Mm -hmm. smirk and Brian's grin. And I was like, oh, my gosh. 
I just and I think Rachel was openly laughing at that point. <laughs> yeah, everybody was laughing, and I was just like, oh, God. <laughs> and so the other thing we should probably hit on, Janelle, is um, the air is spiders. Oh, yeah. Well, let's, let's – uh... <laughs> Let, let me get in on the bricks yeah. and the zip tie first yeah. before we go there. Yeah. So, I'm still to, some, uh, yeah, I bet. Um, so, Mike, to give some context, uh, so we went up to uh, Sky Country Trail um, up on uh, Cougar Mountain in these clouds. And there's an abandoned clay pit there that actually, for about 80, 85 years, most of the bricks that are in, like, Pioneer Square or UW were actually made there. Um, the whole clay pit, I mean, even the ground, you just put your feet in it, and you can just see the clay just move around. It's really cool, right? And when they abandoned, when they closed it down, I think it was about uh, 12, 13, 14 years ago, um, on the backside, there's a bunch of old, old bricks you know, some of them are broken, some of them pieces, some full, some weird-sized bricks, right? And so what we had them do is we had them build a structure. We called it brick glue. And they had to transport the bricks and then as a team work together um, to build this structure that they would have to live in with, like, a little fire pit. And they used mud as motor. Um, and they, you know, had to go and do it by hand with the brick trowels and lay down this uh, I mean, it was really fantastic. There's a really cool picture of it, and they put a lot of work into it. It looks great. And, of course, leave no trace behind, right? So at the end, we, you know, we went around and did some other things, came back, and they had to tear it down, and everyone was a little sad, right? Because it was really cool. Like, how awesome yeah. would it be to find that if you go on a hike? Um, and so part of the plan, so Rachel and Brian uh, were helping lead, and they did such a fantastic job. It was their first time helping out. We really missed yeah, out on Ron. He wasn't able to make it this year to help. But, um, you know, one of the things that we talked about in going into this is, you know, <laughs> there's events where sometimes they're tricky or sometimes they're purposely trying to mislead you and what have you. And I've never been huge fans of that, but, like, always liked it when self-discovery happens. Like, hey, there's an easier way to do this. And it's okay. And so what we said is, you know, what we'll do is we'll zip tie everybody's hands behind their backs and say, okay, now this thing that you just took like two hours to build as a team, you painstakingly strategized and, and built, and then we went and did other stuff and come back. Now you need to break it down brick by brick. Um, and there was hundreds of bricks there. You have to do it with your hands zip tied behind your back. But the agreement was at some point somebody's zip ties are going to break. So we all put them on a little loose. Um, except Janelle's. And, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, Adam knows okay, that you can get so, out of them easy. I don't want to know why he knows that, but apparently Adam knows that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, I got to, you know, make sure she gets no special treatment. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, when, when one breaks, that's fine. Right? We didn't say how long. We just said we're going to do zip ties. And, and granted, that leaves the door other for, open for other interpretations. But we just said let's at least spin them up a little bit so that way mentally they're going, like, are you serious? Like, the, and just face that physically daunting task. And then I think it was either James or Patrick or maybe it was Matt that got out first. And uh, they all looked at us like, you know, like when you're a kid, and, like, you realize you did something wrong, and you, like, look at your parents, and you've got that, like, 
I'm going to die look. Um, <laughs> they gave us that look, and we're like, and Brian's like, oh no. And there's this like weird second silence, and I'm like, okay. And they're like, okay, guys, we can get out. We can get out. And it was awesome. <laughs> right? So and as, then we looked around and we go, Patrick. It was it definitely, was definitely Patrick. Patrick. Okay, good. Because right prior to that, mine had come off, and I put it back on thinking, if I come out of this, I am in so much trouble. <laughs> so I like wiggled <laughs> back into mine, and then Patrick gets out. Then everybody ends up breaking out at that point. Oh, no. The best yeah. part was I looked over at Brian, and I was like, where's Janelle? And he goes, <laughs> I think she's back at the quarry. And I was like, she's going to be the last one back with zip ties. And she's going to think we personally did this just for her. And he goes, <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, these guys just tricked me. How long was I going to go in zip ties till I saw everybody else? Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's yeah. it. I was telling Adam that that's an interesting, like, thing that I have learned about myself. Um, you know, there's – when you have a group of people and you're given very vague instructions and you're given, you know – you don't ask why or whatever. You have the people that think, like, how can how can I manipulate the situation? How can I make this easier? <clears throat> you know, they like they they take exactly what the leader says, and they're like, but they didn't say this or they didn't say that. You know, and then you have other people on the complete other end of the spectrum where I I have learned that I fall, where it's like this is what they said. This is what we're doing. Life's going to suck for the next however long, you know, until this, this task is done. And that's been a challenge for me to really, I mean, growing up with a Japanese dad, you, you did not challenge the rules. You didn't challenge what you were told. You didn't ask why. And you sure as hell didn't try and find a way to get out of it or to do it differently because you were going to go right back to the beginning and start it all over and do it right. And so I didn't realize how ingrained that was in me until I started doing some of these events and, and watching other people be creative and think of things that I just, it didn't even occur to me like, Oh, we could do this a different way. And it's, it's a challenge for me. Like I, I feel that resistance and, and I get absolutely terrified. Like we can't not do what they told us. We have to do it this way. And, and I remember like the first couple of events, I was very like, you know, this is wrong. We can't do this. We have to do it exactly as they said. And then I started like learning that sometimes it's okay, but sometimes you get punished. And so I know going into these events that that's going to be like one of my biggest challenges of the night is, is learning like, you know, what, when do you do exactly what you're told and when do you be creative and find a way that works for you? And you have to just like read the team and, and you have to step out of your own brain at that point and, that's definitely hard for me. See, and Janelle, to your credit, good, is I'm the one that I don't. I, I'm the one that immediately thinks, okay, what did they say, and what loophole can I get into? Because yeah. I'm I was the youngest kid, and I was that kid that every time I would do something, my parents would tell me something, I would find a loophole where they'd be like, well, you didn't do what you were told. I'm like, well, technically. <laughs> you didn't tell me I couldn't do this. You just said I couldn't do that. 
Right. You know, I was the one, like, I used to do this to my mom all the time, and it would be like I would have a bag of change, you know, because you just collect change all the time, and I'd be like, I'll trade you this change for 20 bucks. Yeah. And I'd trade her, and then, like, an hour later, she'd be like, there's only, like, six bucks here. I'm like, I never said there was $20 <laughs> worth of change. I just said I'd trade you this change <laughs> for 20 bucks. It's not my fault you didn't ask how much was there. Yeah. So I was, I like to bend the rules, and I'm the one that'll bend. I like to push the rules and bend until I can find where they break. So yeah. that's where I would be that guy in these events. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and to Janelle's credit, there was an incident in Beast Breaker 2 where yeah. myself and a couple other people decided that Adam didn't say one thing. So we figured out we could bend the rules, and turns out we were beyond wrong, and we got punished for it. <laughs> and the whole time, Janelle and was there like that annoying little parrot, like, he's going to Janelle was like, guys, we are in so much trouble. Do you understand what we're doing? Do you understand how much trouble we're going to be in when Adam finds us out? And we're like, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. We're just going to get it done within the time period because if we have this constraint, we're never going to do it. Dang it, yeah. we should listen to you that night. We all pay for it I think later, I was, but yeah, I was the only one still lugging around with that damn ruck on. But deep down, I were. was like, ah, uh, I think this time he actually means it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh man. So it's hard, you though, mentioned... you know. And I was just sitting here laughing at all the the things that Janelle and I are going to bring up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, you're giggling. Yes. Uh, <laughs> So there's a, you mentioned um, the air of spider webs. Oh, man. So Yeah, we're still bruised like from that. We, Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So we, we played this game, and I'm sure you've heard the, the floor is lava, right? Um, yeah. And that's a fun game, but we, uh, we were looking for something that we could do um, a little bit different, a little bit fun. Um, and, and, and change the elements here. So we play this game called the Air of Spiderwebs. So, you know, being in the forest, right, spiders out there, right? So every once in a while we would call spiderwebs or the Air of Spiderwebs. And what that meant is you, you can't be in the air. So whatever you're doing, you have to drop to your belly and you have to low crawl um, to avoid the spiderwebs. And simple enough in idea. And then you know, in application, uh, you know, difficult, right? So there were some times where we were on some nice, flat, even trail, and there were times when we were on rocks and roots, and, uh, you know, what I've been told, they were not rocks and roots, but spikes and razor blades. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I won't forget, when we first introduced spiderwebs, we, we, the plan was, we're going to introduce spiderwebs, we're, we're going to explain it as it's being dropped. And uh, Rachel did this. It was so funny. She said, oh, gosh, guys, spiderwebs. Oh, my gosh, this is what we got to do. Oh, my gosh, spiderwebs. And everyone kind of looked around like, you're serious, right? Like, is she for real? <laughs> and, and like, oh, man, we do we do need to get down our bellies. Because when we introduced it, they actually had to partner carry um, about 0.3 miles. Um, so, you know, only half of them could be on the floor at any time or, you know, have their feet on the ground at any time. And so we introduced spiderwebs, like, right as they really just got into the swing of, you know, okay, we're partner carrying, we're doing this. And uh, the looks on everybody's faces was, was pretty amazing. And, you know, the first one wasn't too bad. But um, 
well, on the way back, you know, at like uh, 11 and a half hours in, we had like three more spider webs that we were going to do. And I swear, those last three, like, if people could laser eye people, like, or just like curse them to doom or something, um, I think just about everybody at some point <laughs> thought about doing it. Because the trail we were on was super narrow, right, uh, coming back. And, you know, it was maybe one, one and a half people abreast tops. And it was curvy, and there was lots of dips in elevation. There was roots here and there. There was little chunks of rocks here and there. You know, all the things that if you're low crawling, like, just doesn't make it easy. And especially after, you know, a day's worth of events. And, um I with definitely bricks remember. In our packs. Yeah, with bricks in your pack oh, too. It, it, it um, was, yeah, bricks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it was Renee. She was like halfway through one of them, and you know, so you know, when working with some of these folks for a while, you kind of know what gets them and what doesn't, and 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 you know what will challenge them. And uh, I knew this this one was was a tough one, and and she goes, Adam. Our ideas are fun, are so much different, so different. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> so that was spiderwebs. It was a uh, the air spiderwebs. It was a good one. Yeah. Oh, I just remember, like after half, I don't know, half of the night. You know, I, I despise spiders. Like I'm trying really hard to not hate them so much, but I, I do. And uh, I remember halfway through the night. Uh, we were doing another spider webs drill, and the trail was especially razor bladey at that point. And Rachel was like, "Get on your bellies, get on your bellies!" And all of us, our our knees were already swollen and bruised, and it was just absolutely painful trying to scoot along on all of these like jaggedy razor blades. And I don't remember who said it, but it just, like, it fell silent, and then all of a sudden somebody was like, you know, I'm not really afraid of spiders anymore. I think, I think I'm think i just going to stand up. <laughs> I, like, I think that was Patrick. Yeah, it wasn't Patrick, but I was just like, <laughs> I think yeah, that, you know, that sounds I'm like not, something he would have said about that point. Yeah, yeah, or, or Matt. I can't remember. It had to be True. one of those two, but I just remember thinking, like, yeah, screw this. I'm not scared of spiders anymore either. <laughs> I was like... I'm going to stand up, but deep down I was like, no, you're not. You are going to lay with this belly to the ground, <laughs> you know. But um, oh, And to be it, perfectly it honest, too, like, Janelle, we weren't but, really moving anymore at about hour 11. Yeah. When the air started got called, you can tell that people are just like, all right, I'm going to move as much as I can because I'm already hurting, but I'm not yeah. really going to try too hard anymore because this is getting a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, and, and you know the amount of lasers that I think could have been pointed at him at yeah. that point, or Brian. Yeah, yeah, it was hard, and you know it's funny because hearing people talk about it, you're like, oh, it's just a low crawl, and I I actually really like low crawl. Like, I would do low crawl over animal movements any day. So, North, you know, it, it doesn't sound that hard, but we had done, we started the night with Tunnel of Love on gravel, like big, chunky gravel, not the cute little pea gravel, and it was timed, and we had to keep beating our time and beating our time or else, you know, we were going to start off with, with punishments, and uh, I think all of us just were like, oh, it's we got to, I mean, it was like 30 seconds we had to get everyone through Tunnel, tunnel of Love. I don't know. It was something crazy, but we all got bruised up. So by hour eight, hour 10, 
like, I remember laying there and I was like, we got to keep moving or else they're going to be mad that we're just lying here, like, you know, dead, wet towels. But I, I thought, okay, well, if I pull myself with my arms, that'll be better and I'll save my knees. But by then, <laughs> my forearms were so bruised and cut up that I couldn't do that. So then I was like, okay, well, what if I just push with my knees and kind of like lob my body forward? I tried that, and they were so swollen and bruised up. So I got to the point where I literally was like, I would flex my foot, dig my toe in, and then point my foot. <laughs> and I think that's about how fast I was inchworming. And it was just, I thought to myself, like, I never thought low crawling could be so painful. Like, I- I've never experienced just full body writing pain like that. <laughs> Well, and, and Janelle, too, that also came after um, the fish out of water crawl, too. Yeah, yeah. And so, Adam, you might want to introduce that because that was another, <laughs> yeah. Glorified. Go, wait, what was it? A, a mm-hmm. fun sandwich, I think you called it? Yeah. yeah uh, Adam needs to explain the, 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 the fish out of water <laughs> crawl to everyone and what that <laughs> entailed. Yeah. Okay, so probably um, the most difficult singular task that we had for the day um, is when we first got to the quarry, so, you know, keep in mind, when, or excuse me, the the clay pit, um, nobody had additional weight, and it wasn't on the gear list, right? And we, you know, we mentioned backpack and a couple other gear items, but otherwise it was a pretty simple list. And the simplest are always the ones that scare me the most, right? <laughs> yeah. um, and so we had them do a quick shuttle run back and forth to the brickyard to grab some bricks. Everybody had six bricks. Now, these bricks varied in size from, you know, your standard masonry brick to a little bigger, a little smaller. Some had holes in them. Those were definitely a favorite with a lot of people. Um, some were small and flat. Some were huge, right? And so now that everybody got six bricks, um, they needed to go and then um, carry those bricks. And the first task they did is they had to fish out a water crawl um, from our starting point on one side of the Claypen Valley to the complete other side um, and up, uh, I want to say, two little um, ledges. So maybe, you know, at the end, maybe a gain of 60 to 75 feet in elevation. And then by fish out of water crawl, what I mean, so like you're doing a low crawl on your belly, um, but you're not using your arms in as much as possible, right? And we had we amended it at some point too to allow people to use their elbows but not their hands. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, the path that we had and we had pre-designated, which was the least rocky, the least watery, and the least like deep clay, um, because, you know, we wanted to uh, to be extra nice at that point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was in the shade uh, of the morning, and there was still frost on the grass. Um, so the ground was very, very cold. As um, somebody once said, I think my little guys have gone hiding in my body for the winter. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. So they had to crawl. And it, it was, um, you know, originally we we marked it out about half mile, but it's actually about, uh, maybe three-eighths of a mile. So, I mean, some distance. 
and very, I mean, you could see the, the end from the beginning, but it was uh, a little deceptive. You know, so there were some small hills and there were some small uh, dips, right? And when you started, it didn't look that far, but you got down on the ground and you started moving slow, um, it felt like miles. And uh, not easy by any means. And uh, so that was the fish out of water crawl. And so, you know, they just got the weights in their back. They just got done running back and forth. We got them warmed up. It was still nice and cold out in the morning. Ain't no brisk. But the sun was coming out. It was starting to feel great. Um, but unfortunately, that path was almost completely in the shade. And, and even though other places were warm and toasty and, and great, uh, the frost grass, as I think Matt called it, uh, was biting. And... You know, there's definitely some adjustments that we made um, throughout to kind of help out our participants and, you know, make sure that they didn't completely murder us. Um, but definitely, I think that was the, the most difficult singular task that we had. Yeah. I so, agree. I mean, well, not and after impossible, we, every but other not risk, easy. We had to have them, we were marked. They had our number on them, and we had our number on our face. And we were tasked for the rest of that point to make sure we had our bricks, too, which was another challenge. Yeah. But yeah, so yes. I mean, so in my perspective, I, I was the only one who had a ruck that at the time would not fit all of my bricks. And I had a jacket in the bottom of my ruck. I probably could have taken it out and probably could have fit them. But I knew I was going to need the jacket later as it got colder and I, re I refused basically to get it wet. Yeah. So we start this out, and I remember Mike, Janelle, and Patrick all kind of looked at me and they're like, what are you going to do? You can't get your bricks in. And like Janelle's watching me like try and like shove this thing in, like just nothing's working. And I had a couple of you like, oh, I'd take your bricks, but I can't because I don't have enough room. And I'm like, no, 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 just go on. I'll figure this out. And <laughs> I'm just looking like, what the, what am I going to do? Yeah. Like, I could fit three. So we started the fish out of water crawl and it ended up, it was Mike and Patrick and then um, James and then myself was right behind them. <clears throat> my duct tape failed. I tried to duct tape them to my rock. That failed. And I finally just started literally pushing my bricks, like chucking them ahead of me. And then fish out of water crawl to them. So I'd chuck three bricks, try and keep an eye on them, don't hit anybody, and just kept going. <laughs> And holy, oh my gosh, that was, yeah. it was efficient, which was terrifying, but man, like, for, that was like, that was, and I've told Adam this in the past, that to me was like a defining moment that I didn't even panic. I was just like, all right, fine. Really, you're going to throw this at me? All right, let's go. Come on. Yeah. There's got to be another way. Yeah. But in these papers past, I would have like flipped out. I would have started panicking. I would have lost my mind. And this time it was just like, nope, let's go. And at some point, Rachel was standing over me and she's like, she starts laughing. She's like, I didn't think this would work that well. Like I didn't either. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. And then going up that little hill was tough. Yeah. I mean, you we were allowed to bear call about that point a little bit before that, but still, you're going up that hill with a weighted pack 
And for me, trying to like carefully toss three bricks ahead of me, it was a mess. But yeah, that was like, that was physically challenging, but mentally, that was mentally a really tough thing. Like, like Adam said, it didn't look that far, but when you're in your belly and you're going through ground that's like 40 degrees-ish, it's tough. And there was water, and there were rocks and mm-hmm. sticks, and yeah, I mean. You guys are really making this sound like I want to do it. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> Earlier when you were talking about other stuff, I was like, crap, here we are trying to convince Mike to come do it, and now we're like totally talking about all this hard stuff. Like, it was great. So you're all beat up and crawling, and I'm like, yeah, that sounds amazing. <laughs> Well, that's the thing that happens when I tell guys about this at work. <laughs> Let's so take I, a quick break so for a sponsor, great? and then we'll come right back. Gray's Harbor Unders makes the performance-based layer clothing you want and need. Whether you work, hunt, hike, fish, run, or ride in the great outdoors. If you work up a sweat, Gray's Harbor Unders are for you. Because their unique dual-layer fabric removes moisture from your body and keeps your skin dry, even when the outer layer is completely wet. It's a base layer like no other. Get you some at ghunders.com. That's ghunders.com for the best performance-based layer you'll ever wear. So I think um, Beast Breaker specifically was supposed to be and is supposed to be probably the most difficult event we put together. Um, not for everybody, right? But definitely difficult but not impossible, as Kilcha says. Um, yeah. Where there's there's certain elements of it that are meant to be the, are you freaking serious, um, the oh crap moments where, you know, your jaw drops. And you're like, they, they, they want us to do what? Um, and, and there's other things that are fun, right? Like the brick glue, that was that was difficult, but it took teamwork. And people quickly found, you know, there's like negotiation, like, hey, I'm really good at just moving weight. So if you guys can do this, I can just keep grabbing bricks. Or, hey, um, you know, my wrist is hurting a little bit here. If you want to maybe put me on, you know, motor duty, I can start stacking these together. Um, lots of really great teamwork where people could find their strengths or switch up. Um, but then there's other tasks where it's like, all right, we're, we're all going to do this. We're all going to belly crawl. We're all going to go over this way and together, and we're going to go do this thing together. And that was great. But, uh, you know, it was whether or not it was too difficult or too too long it, or, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do this. It was more we're going to do this together. Um, and it might take a little longer. It might be a little bit faster. Um, but we're going to do it together. And that was that was kind of the attitude going into it of, you know, there was going to be certain things that just take a little bit longer, and that's okay. And we built in buffer time to um, any tasks to kind of adjust for that. And I, and I think, um, you know, more learning this year to improve our events, but, you know, and even we, we did a, a first, we actually sent off um, a survey after the event to get everybody's kind of candid feedback, um, and I think that's been really cool. But, um, and, and honestly, I think this one was probably the most balanced event that we've had yet. Um, in terms of kind of peaks and valleys of difficulty, difficulties um, and types of difficulties for people. But, you know, the other things we'll do, like when we talk ghost um, in March, 
Um, that one's going to be really, really fun. Now, Renee, if you're listening, I promise it's fun and not horrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that, you know, that's a very different, like it's, it's not going to be like Beast Breaker at all. It's 14 hours, sure, but it's team versus team. And it's very much so choose your mission, choose your style, you know, a little survivor-esque where, you know, maybe we need to, you know, raid the other person's supplies. There, last this year, when we did this for the first time this year, there's people that went and stole, you know, a burning log from the other person, the other team's um, base so they could get their fire started faster, right? All sorts of silliness like that. Um, and just great times that I think people really appreciated. But definitely not like Ghost, where it's meant to be, you know, physically, um, and mentally tough. Um, you mean Beast Breaker. Like our, yeah, sorry, Beast Breaker, my apologies. Yeah. So, um, you know, don't, just because Beast Breaker might be kind of the, the big bad one that we do, um, you know, don't don't let that intimidate you when it comes to some of the other, other things we do. I think Ghost will be very, very approachable. Um, it's very scaled. So whereas, you know, anybody were to come and do out, do any type of, you know, any, any type of fitness level um, will be able to complete it, um, and things will be very scalable. Things will be very team-based, um, where to the point where if, if you're not working as a team and, and if you're not helping each other, um, it's actually going to be much more difficult um, to go do things by yourself. So it's, it's very, very cooperative. Um, Actually, Mike, if it's okay, can I say something about Ghost really quick that uh, yeah. we're going to announce tomorrow like on yeah. Cyber Monday? Yeah, go ahead. So um, if you're listening, this this BeastNet podcast, um, this is the only way you're going to hear about it unless other people say it. Um, but we actually will have a 30% off code. Um, that works for exactly one week next Monday, this uh, Cyber Monday to the Monday afterwards. So go get registered for Ghost. It's March 30th down at Hoquiam on 88 acres of land. If that type of choose-your-own-adventure-style event uh, excites you, um, where it is a team versus team environment and you can go and and gamble on how you want to tackle your missions, whether it's go build things, find things, steal things from other team members without getting caught, well, whatever. There's, It's going to be a great time, but that actually will come out tomorrow. Um, and the code, if you're ready, is ghosts aren't scary. That's it. Is that all one word, no spaces? Scary. All one word, no spaces. Uh, there you have so it. So ghosts Only on BSnet. aren't scary. And that's thirty percent off. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So get more people out my heart. So I'm really excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> so one other question I had is I know Janelle I know Virginia's been in all three beast breakers. So have you, Janelle, right? Yes, I have. How have they grown over the years? Go ahead, Virginia. I was going to let you take that one first and then I'll. <laughs> All right. I'll go. Uh, so, well, 
Yeah, so Virginia, myself, and Renee are the only three people that have been able to do all three events, which I think is, is pretty cool. Um, so Beats Breaker has really turned into kind of uh, has a special place in my heart. It also was the very first endurance type anything I had done. Um, I had not done any hurricane heaves or, or anything other than runs and trail runs and things like that back in Utah. So uh, when I was preparing for Beast Breaker, I had my aunt and uncle and I was telling them the gear list and they were just looking at me like, what in the actual heck are you going to go do? And are you going to make it out alive? We don't even know these people. Like, <laughs> what are they planning on doing with your body? It was just kind of kind of crazy, yeah. But um, it it was insane. Um, Beast Breaker one, I I actually really adored. Um, it was heavy, 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 and it was distance, which is my two favorite things because that's yeah. what I'm what I'm good at, you know. Um, and, and that's when I learned what I what I can do. I would have never thought that I could carry an 80-pound sandbag for I don't even know how many miles I carried that thing. But but it was amazing. Um, but it was definitely more more grindy, less team teamwork. I mean, I remember some aspects of the night where we did things as a team, but a lot of it was was rucking with heavyweights and doing doing little PT here and there. Um, and then Beast Breaker 2 was, was different. Um, it started more missions and, uh, and team, team-esque missions. Uh, there was some individual work and, and we did a lot of kind of starting to think out of the box and, and find that balance between what did they say, what did they not say, you know, kind of started learning I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I think even Adam was kind of learning then too, like as the leader, what do I want to allow them to do and what do I absolutely want them to do my way or this way or, you know, so we were all kind of, I think, I think we were all kind of learning and morphing and figuring out how endurance doesn't have to just be a, a grinding success. It can be fun and we can have elements of play. Um, but it is still challenging. And then Beast Breaker 3 um, was still grinding. Don't get me wrong. It was, it was not easy. Um, but like Adam mentioned kind of at the beginning of this podcast, the, the, the feeling of it was completely different for me. Um, I felt like we were all instant just buddies. We knew that we were going to get each other through. It, there was, at least for me, there was not, a single moment where I felt like I was being compared to anyone or that I was competing against anyone. There wasn't, there was none of that. It was very, uh, very team-based, very, I don't know, learning to just get through your own, your own struggles, but being able to open up and rely on and lean on the people to your left and the people to your right to, to do these amazing hard things. So I, I think it really has morphed into something that is just super impactful on not only challenging you physically, 
but mentally, but also socially, like getting you in a better place where you can express yourself and say, hey, I'm good at this, or I can do this, or I, I really need help with this, but also paying attention to the people that are around you and watching them and saying, hey, you're really good at this. Can you help this way? Or I, it feels like you're struggling. How can I help you? Let me take your bricks. Let me push you up, you know, up the hill. Or it really like opens you up on a kind of three-dimensional thing. And, and I'm, I'm super proud to be able to have witnessed like that metamorphosis towards what I think is what, what endurance really should be. Yeah, so, you know, I, I, there's a lot of things that you said there I really agree with. And, you know, starting at Beastbreaker 01, we went into it and Adam told us that we had different, I don't remember if the word evolutions was used correctly or there was another thing, but we had different parts or we had different missions. And we were never told this was going to be 12 hours. Right. And personally, I went into it thinking four to six. Um, and I remember like Beast Breaker one, it was just, it was a grind from like, from the very beginning, it was a grind. And there were, we were broken into teams a couple of times to get things done. Um, but man, I mean, just not only the physical grind for me, because I remember that was still post ankle issue from the fracture. And I don't think I was technically supposed to be there at that point, like a lot of things, but just the mental and physical grind of the miles. I think, I think Adam, we clocked that one at like 17 or 18 miles. Mm -hmm. I, I shared the post not too long ago, but I remember it was like 17 to 18 miles that, that night. It was ridiculous and it was heavy. It was yeah. like, like Janelle said, you, we had weighted packs plus sandbags and it was a grind. And then out of that, I came out of that going, okay, I never thought this was possible, but obviously it is. And then we go into Beast Breaker 2 and we get the gear list. And I remember we had to weigh our packs. And I remember Janelle and I started Beast Breaker 2, looked at each other and we went, holy crap. Because our rucks weighed about 50 pounds, fully loaded. And we both looked at each other and went, oh, wow, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. And those were probably not the nicest words we said, but that was about the. I was going to say, I don't know if it was interesting <laughs> that I used, but that's a good way to, like, filter it. <laughs> that, that's, the, that's my filtered version of what we probably yeah, said yeah. that night. Um, <laughs> And I mean, Beast Breaker 2 was creative because I remember we unfortunately made Adam hate ever saying you can reduce your number of flights of stairs by singing Phil Collins coming in the air tonight <laughs> up and down <laughs> yeah. that flight of stairs. Um, yeah. But it was it was creative. Janelle um, hasn't been able to listen to that song since, by the way. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> Between that and Trash in the Camp, we've already had this talk, Adam. Yeah, yeah. Trash in the camp is also another is another feral one scar. Um, but <laughs> we've ruined so many songs. Um, but Beast Breaker Two, it was heavy and it was a grind. But it was definitely you can tell there was definitely a different mindset to it. Um, it was also a much smaller group. I think Beast Breaker Two was eight people, 
seven or eight people, and the first one was like 14. Um, But we definitely were definitely more of a team at that point. Um, Worked together, I think, out pretty well. And then Beach Baker 3, I mean, Adam, you hit it on the head. The gear list was simple, which had me freaking terrified. Because (laughs) I know if a gear list is simple, we are in so much trouble. Because one of the things about 3 that terrified me was there was no weight. Right. And I and remember no, you just know you're not getting scot free with no weight. Like exactly. in your mind, you're no. like, "There's no way he's gonna let us skip around all night with these light bags just filled with exactly. treats, right?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. There is absolutely no way. Right. And so I went in like the day prior. I posted on Instagram. I'm like, I'm not ready. I'm like, I am freaking terrified. <laughs> And I flat out said it. I said it to a couple of coaches I work with, and they're like, why are you terrified? I'm like, because everything is simple. And if it's simple, that means they have more leverage to mess with you on the event. All right. But to, to Adam's credit and to what you guys put together, this was probably the most cohesive. It was, like you said, there were, it was like, it was sandwiched where there are times that just honestly sucked. I mean, the grind, one of the longer rocks, I remember there are a couple of people that have a hard time, but man, like I enjoyed that long, just grind it out type stuff. And then you would get the stuff like, you know, hands tied behind your back and we all under our breaths are cussing all of you. <laughs> so Beast Breaker 3 to me was really cohesive. Um, it was just, it was different. And like Janelle said, I think from literally minute one, when we had to start out with team donkey kicks and beating our total of all times three times, we came together really, really fast. And it wasn't because we were all really good friends. It's just, you could tell, uh, at least myself, I know myself, Renee and Janelle had done this before. We kind of knew what we were gonna get done. Mike has done multiple endurance events outside of these, so he kind of knew how it was going to work. Patrick was the same way. James had been involved in these a few times, so he kind of knew it. We just clicked very, very fast, and we knew what we had to get done. Um, So, yeah, and it just, it was very different, and I came out of it, and I think Janelle and I both came out of it and went, okay, we aren't as mentally scarred as the last time. We're bruised, and the bruises are always fun to talk about later. But yeah, it was it was just in the end, honestly. Like the next day, I was thinking how much fun it was. Yeah. Yep. Not like the first year when I thought I was going to collapse from exhaustion. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, I think um, I think you hit the nail on the head where um <clears throat> so in 2016 when we first did beast breaker uh the very first one um it was a great plan the problem with the plan and, and on and really it, it was we're going to get done when when the the plan gets done it could be 9 hours it could be 12 right but it was so rigid and there's very little room for flexibility that, um, you know, it ended up being a little bit harder than intended. 
a little heavier than intended, right? And then I think in Beastbreaker 2, 2017, um, we did a good job of kind of figuring out, playing with that balance of, you know, when should it be heavy, when should it be not, when should it be ridiculous. You know, one of the penalties that we did was stair climbs, flights mm -hmm. of stairs, and there was a, <laughs> a large penalty time assumed for one item, and it was like a bazillion stair flights, and they they could reduce it by singing some Phil Collins, and actually it was glorious. Um, <laughs> you know, and, that's and I not think that's what you where kind of we discovered. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but now I miss it. Um, yeah. And I think that's where things started. You know, after a great summer with some cool feral events, you know, we'd really been learning that we we don't want to be suck fest. We don't want it to be those guys. There's definitely, and, and Mike, I think you'll appreciate this, there's definitely some events out there where it's all about, you know, who's who's got the biggest, you know, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right? And, and, like, look at me, I did this extreme exclusive event. And yeah, granted, there's some events out there that are like that, and they've got a great formula, and they work well. And there's some where they try too hard, and they do things that would not medically be okay. I mentioned the, the consuming the water, then rolling down the hill, and vomiting, inducing um, accelerated um, de uh, dehydration. That's real uh, in real events that are out there, and that's actually very dangerous. Um, and and yeah. we don't want to be that dangerous, stupid, uh, but we don't want to be the just suck fest for people, you know, going like, oh, God, I'm such a badass. I did this thing. Um, but that's where we kind of, we, we discovered ourselves a little bit in 2017, where it's, you know, let's make this fun and let's find the right balance. And I think Ghost this year, um, you know, Ghost was a learning experience, too, because it's the first time we've done something that way. And I think, you know, going next year, it's going to be even better. But um, I think between Ghosts and Beast Breaker this year, everything kind of came together as one as, as far as, okay, we, we know who we are now. We know what the experience is and really like, how do you design an event for an experience that you want people to walk away from, right? You're not going to be able to make everybody happy, but, and, and we're going to be different. But I think um, this year it was much more flexible. There was definitely some things we didn't do in the event that were in the plan. Um, and, and that's okay. And we meant it to be scalable up and down and, and everything that we've done did that day where, you know, if we needed to turn on the difficulty or turn it, turn it down or what have you, in most areas we could do that. And, you know, I think, uh, as far as smoothness of events too, I think this one was probably the smoothest we've done. Um, much, <laughs> I mean, if, I mean, Virginia and Janelle, tell me if I'm wrong, but, you know, how things flowed this year versus, you know, three events back with the first Bees Breaker, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> very different. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very, it very different. It was definitely different. different. Yeah. But I think also, um, to your credit, Adam, and I'm not just saying this because I'm your girlfriend, but um, I... She's lying. I paid I her. Wait, your tell... girlfriend? <laughs> what? Your girlfriend, yeah. Do, do, you know. do we need to bring up pointy muscle again? 
soccer. No, we do not need to bring oh, up no, we'll, we'll talk about that. Don't worry. Oh, God. Uh, anyway, back to what I was saying. Um, I could definitely tell in Beast Breaker 3 how much you have grown and how much you have really, like, found your calling in this because Beast Breaker 1, I could, I could, t- I mean, I hardly knew you, but I could tell you had a plan and you, you were like, this is the plan. And I don't, when things were kind of going south quickly with Beast Breaker 1, you could feel the like disjointed uh, thinking on the fly, like, well, I guess we could compromise or do this or do that. Um, and not that it was bad, but it, it just, there were points of that night I remember thinking, holy shit, this guy, we're falling apart as a team. There's not a backup plan. Like, <laughs> we're how many miles away from our cars? We are, we're carrying the stuff. Like, I remember there were a few times when I was like, what, what's going to happen? You know, like, we're disintegrating here. It's 3 o'clock in the morning, or I don't know what time it was. And, and, and I, comparing that to 3, you, it just has become fluid where I can tell that you're constantly reading the group and you're reading the terrain. And, and even Brian and, and Rachel did an amazing job, too, of, of doing this where you're constantly evaluating where are we at, how is it going, are they in the red zone, or are they, you know, happily between green and yellow, like that's where we want to keep them. When we hit that red zone, you guys adjusted, and it and it was fluid, and it didn't feel like, I mean, I felt like you guys had an answer for every you know hiccup that might come along, or at least you're you're all becoming seasoned enough that it, it just comes to you naturally of, of what to adjust when you notice that something's maybe not going the way you thought it would, or maybe the terrain's not cooperating, or you know what whatever, but. Um, yeah, it, it definitely felt more fluid and and less, I don't know, forced, I guess. It felt very natural. It's good. Thanks. Had, uh, so, Mike, one of the, really one of the I, I think one of the favorite parts we had of Beast Breaker was when we had to start the fire. And then Adam looks at us and says, all right, you have to cook two food items, two fuel items. And at first we're all like, cook what are you talking about um but that was one of those creative times that i didn't hate adam because (laughs) it was kind of funny to see what people came out with i mean stroop waffles were a big hit um the skewer of jerky and um gummy (laughs) Gummy bears were amazing by james Yeah. yeah um Let's see, cheese. I know, Janelle, you had cheese. Yep, I had cheese. Um, I, Pop-Tarts have never come in handy so well before. <laughs> I had a piece of That Pop-Tart, <laughs> I swear by them, and for once I was really, really glad I had them because that was an amazing <laughs> thing to cook. But, I mean, like that, that was like one of those weird bonding things that we had. That everyone got relaxed. I mean, even it looked like you know you, I'm sorry, Adam and Brian and Rachel all were just kind of laughing and joking about it. And yeah, there was a time limit of what we were able to do. And I don't think, I mean, we were relaxed, but I think a lot of us were still going, all right, what's next, type thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, the the temp was about to start dropping too. 
Yeah. I know Janelle and I both were like, warm up as much as you can because the rest of this is about to suck. Um, (laughs) But, like, that was probably one of the most fun points. And then on the rock back, being able to make our sculptures. Yeah. I mean, stuff like that that, you know, we'll talk about. you, You always hear about how much things are really bad. But the sculptures were hilarious. The end where we had to sprint to the other side of the parking lot and make a quick sculpture on Brian's count, which turned yeah. into Jenga, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, it—it's it, seriously, it's that's the part that people don't see that we do. They don't see the insanity that happens at hour ten and eleven when you're doing stuff like this. And honestly, it's just funny. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of um, really cool points, too, where we could take, you know, brief breaks and kind of, you know, help people keep mentally, mental clarity. Um, You know, one of my favorites was, so, Mike, we stopped at a really famous, um, well, regionally famous um, mine shaft that was graded over. And even shining the brightest lights down this thing, it looked like, you ever see that horror movie, The Descent? Um, Yes. it looked like that. It looked like the mouth to that cave. Um, it was terrifying. Graded over, abandoned coal shaft, and <laughs> things like that. Where we stopped, like purposely, part of the trails. You know, we stopped at uh, you know a former uh, Nike missile silo, uh, missile site. We stopped at you know the clay pit. We stopped at some famous falls, some cave holes from the collapsed mine tunnels. Just little things like that that help kind of bring some history and some respect to the area, but also, um, you know, keep people clear and focused on what's in front of them and kind of help get them out of their heads. Uh, you know, there was a couple, there was maybe one section where it was, you know, we were rucking on, on a longer trail in the dark coming back to get to the falls. And that, and it was raining for a little bit during that time. And and you could kind of feel like that was the that was the one where maybe, you know, you can feel people kind of go into that dark place where it's, you know, over 10 and 10 and a half hours, 11 hours in, we're in that final home stretch, and you could feel some people were in that spot where they're like, I'm done, or this is, ugh, I, I want to be done, or I'm, I'm, I'm sore, or, you know, and, and so we tried to break it, break that up a little bit where we knew there were points. So, like, you know, we stopped at this one trail briefly, uh, we, you know, stopped at this at this really cool falls and had people pick up a memento item, um, you know, interesting things that could kind of get people out of their heads. And I think that was uh, really fun. And, you know, I think the fire was hilarious. Uh, you know, we had to, you know, get people warmed up. So the temperature started in the 30s that morning and then jumped up to the 50s um, within a couple of hours. But then, you know, three hours after that, it started dipping down into the 40s and the 30s again, right? So, you know, let's get people warm back up before we go do it. Let's get some nutrition in their bellies. I think Renee pulled out like a full taco time burrito and threw it on the fire. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I think like having those kind of balances, like knowing exactly where we're going to be, about when, what conditions we're going to be in, um, and then what's the mental state of the group? Like if we're doing our job right, where are they going to be? And what do we need to do to, to help keep them in, like what Janelle said, somewhere between a green and a yellow? And that balance becomes even trickier as the event goes on. And I, I think for the most part, we did pretty good. Um, yeah. 
we do got to talk about pointy muscles, though. I think Janelle's oh. never going to hear the end of that. So, no. Mike, this is going to be your new favorite joke. You can talk about it all okay. the time. Janelle would prefer you talk about it all the time. So, <laughs> when we were... <laughs> Between pointy muscles done. and whistling, I guess, is your choice. Oh, oh gosh, I forgot about the whistling. Oh, God, I forgot oh, about man. that. Yep, all right, we're going to bring that up, too. So, oh, no. uh, <laughs> I'm Wait, hold on, I'm going to hang off for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so when we got done building Brickloo, everybody had to get inside Brickloo because one of the ideas was everybody had to be able to habitate in, in that structure, right, as if they were going to live there for the event, right? And so everybody was yeah. getting there, and they're talking about snuggling, and, and, you know, maybe they'd have to lay on each other or whatnot to get in there. And Patrick said something about snuggling with me, and Janelle's like, yeah, he's a good snuggler aside from all those pointy muscles. And, like, there's that half awkward silence where like people go, do I laugh? Like what is, what what does she mean by pointy muscles? And I think for the rest of the night, like anytime anything could be referenced to something phallic, it was pointy muscles. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, it was totally uh, meant it, to be a compliment, like. You know when you sure. mean to say something, but you say something else. I was trying to reference, like, yeah, he's super cuddly, but he's so muscular, like, his hard muscles or whatever. And nothing, like, nothing would come out right. And then I said pointy muscles, and I saw everyone's face, and I was like, oh, shit, yep, I just did that, and I'm never going to hear the end of it. And sure no, enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a muscle, just yeah. so you know. Yeah, well, let's let's yeah. pile this on thick when we can. Um, somewhere on the trails, somebody was whistling, and we were doing some kind of whistle. I think you know the if you're familiar with The Walking Dead, when Negan's whistle. So we did no, that, no, that whistle it. a couple times. Yeah, and, and then uh, we did some other whistling, and, and it was very interesting. And then you know, I was like, "How do you whistle like that? I when I whistle, I have to suck in." Right. <laughs> and that's where it just ended. Yeah, no, you yeah, said you, that everyone had to do this this certain whistle. Like everyone was gonna have to do it at oh, the yeah, call. Yeah. And and you guys were all like doing it really well. And I sat there and I said, Yeah, but I can only whistle by sucking in and it just again fell silent and I was like, Shit, <laughs> yeah, again. <laughs> And so sucking in. And I think yeah. that was where Patrick went, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what he said. And I was like, oh, why do I open my mouth sometimes? Yeah. So, see, Mike, I'm it's not, not all there, that bad. I'm not you opening your mouth, but. <laughs> see, Mike, this proves it's not all that bad. No. Wow. It's Side so, note, yeah. I tried to legitimately whistle that way, and I can't. I don't know how that's possible to whistle while sucking in. I'm but actually really good that's a at thing. it, but yeah. 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 Well, apparently, Janelle's <laughs> only one that's good at opening her mouth and sucking, but okay. Um. <laughs> oh, um, Janelle, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh. I think I'm going to move to Alaska or something. Yeah, we'll find you there, too, somewhere. When does this episode drop? How long do I have with a little bit of dignity before? Tomorrow morning. It drops Monday morning. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, sub 12 hours, I have dignity. Okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Great. Well, you, you can think you do, but it's okay. So, yeah. actually, on that note, we should probably wrap this up. 
We're yeah. we're well over an hour at this point. Um, <laughs> wow. You knew so that would happen, though. Oh, I did. But so, what does everyone have in closing? I mean, let, let's let each each person kind of say something in closing. You know, their thoughts on it or whatever. Their you know, what they think people should do and why they think people should sign up. And that sounds good. That does. So let's start with Janelle. Okay. Since she likes to open her mouth. God. Well, you should definitely uh, come and do an event like this if you're, you know, looking for ridiculous ways to make an ass of yourself. Um, no, but in in all reality, uh, I I know I've been three years now just tooting little horns about endurance events and beast events, but but like we mentioned earlier, it, they're just such a different opportunity to explore yourself and your physical abilities, mental abilities, all of that. Um, and I know, like Adam had mentioned, there are lots of other events out there that their aim is to break you down or to just make you suffer and to hurt you or harm you or, you know, whatever it is. And, and maybe the mentality of the other participants are to, prove that they're better than you or to make you feel like you're less than them or it's a big competition or or something but beasts are beasts aren't that we're we're definitely not that and these events aren't that they're they're something so much more and and yes we talk about all the hard stuff and and i know that that has a possibility of maybe turning someone away but I think that's what's amazing about these events is looking back on it. If you were to tell me before these events, like, Janelle, you're going to do this, you're going to, you know, fish crawl out of water or whatever with bricks in your bag for, I don't know, almost a mile, it felt like 10, uh, in freezing cold, you know, water and, and frozen grass. And, oh, by the way, you're going to do it over rocks. And, you know, when someone was, if they were to tell me that beforehand, I'd be like, there's no way I can do that. There's absolutely no way I can do that. But when you look back after the event at all the things you've done, you're like, holy cow, I did that. And yeah, it was hard and it sounds horrible. And, and for moments of it, it is horrible. But I think the fact that it's horrible in that moment, but yet you still finish and you still complete and everyone around you cares about you completing and wants to see you succeed and they're going to help you or you're going to help them that's i think that's what's different it's hard but at the same time it's it's such an amazing thing to walk away from knowing that you you did it and every single one of us walk away from every single event with something new whether it's something we learned about ourselves something we learned about someone else or or a skill that we didn't know we had or ridiculous jokes that you know you're never going to live down. I mean, there's there's just so much that comes out of these things that I promise you, just I know it's scary if you've never done something like that and it it sounds horrible or it doesn't maybe it doesn't sound like your idea of fun, but I'll guarantee you, I never ever thought my idea of fun involved bricks and mud and rocks and horrible jokes and and twelve hours of just you know crawling around but now that I've done them my idea of fun is so much wider and my idea of what I can accomplish in life and get through 
and the struggles in life are completely different since I've done these events. So I can't speak enough to how important it is to just go out and, and give one a try. All right. No, that sounds awesome. So let's, Virginia, what, what are your thoughts? Um, so my, the first thought that came to mind is literally just sign up. Stop thinking about it and sign up. Because if you had told me three years ago that I would, you know, a mom of three, I'm an engineer, that I'd be doing this stuff on a consistent basis, I probably would have told you you're absolutely nuts. But um, I signed up. I took a chance, no idea what I was getting into, and did it. And the change that has happened, you know, and the compliment that I got at the end of Beastmaker 3 probably meant more to me than I, most people know. There were two things that were said. And one was that basically I hadn't, like, my, my demeanor never changed. Like, from hour one through hour 12, I was literally just, like, you know, resting whatever face you want to say. But literally, my, my demeanor just never changed. Yeah. And three years ago, during Beast Breaker, I melted down. I'm pretty sure I cried. Um, I cussed a lot more than I did this time. Um, but I mentally just destroyed myself. And now, three years later, um, between, like, my demeanor never changing and somebody said that I literally looked like I had an iron will for 12 hours, and while I wasn't joking around with everybody, it was the strongest I think I've ever felt in my life. So, yeah, what we talk about, sometimes you hear Janelle and I will tell every horror story known to man about these events. But don't <laughs> let that scare you. Because as you, hear, as you hear, we're talking about cooking food and ridiculous singing and destroying our ability to like Disney songs. Um, there are so many other aspects of these that are actually somewhat enjoyable and that will actually pull you out of your own head. So stop overthinking it. And I, the engineer inside of me laughs every time I say this, but stop overthinking it and sign up. If you're questioning it, please reach out to me, reach out to Janelle, reach out to Adam, reach out to one of us who have done these and let us actually talk, like get on the phone with us, let us talk to you. Because my perspective at year three is a whole lot different than it was at year one. And I was that person who said, there's no way that this can be done. Are you freaking crazy? And now, now it's kind of a norm, it's weird. <laughs> it's kind of weird what we find normal. So I guess let's, let's end with Adam. What, what do you have to say? Why, why should people sign up for this and why should people do this? Yeah, I think um, Janelle and Virginia, thank you for the compliments there um, and the great insights. I think that was pretty cool. And um, I'll, I'll echo both, both of your sentiments. You know, I think when we set out to do Base endurance events several years ago. Originally, the intent was to figure out, you know, 
we have a gut feeling of how we think these could be fun and and the right mix and we're going to dive in and we learned a lot and we learned things that went well things that didn't and now i really feel like you know between experience and application and bringing on some extra talent uh, to help run these I really feel like we've found the right north for what is beast endurance and really it's about the experience that we want people to walk away from we want people to walk away from a beast endurance event thinking it wasn't just it wasn't just a quality time or just flowed well or there was great communication or great execution we want people to walk away and say wow I never saw how strong I could be or like what the reflections Virginia's giving where she goes wow I I had an iron will and I I was consistently strong and I I held myself together in in spite of, of difficulty. Um, we want people to experience learning um, in failure, right? So maybe something didn't go well, but we're not going to necessarily go and destroy you because you, you couldn't do it. Um, but we want to give you opportunity to to learn and to grow from it, and and give you and it sounds silly. Uh, but a safe environment where you can be silly and ridiculous and also vulnerable when you say like, hey, I'm really good at this, but I'm not so great at this. Can you help me with this? And I think that type of experience creates relationships. Um, you know, there's the best relationships are formed in the bonds of suffering, right? And, you know, when you, when you have a chance where you can be out there in the woods, the dark or the mud, and you know somebody has your back and you know that you can in that moment completely depend on them um, that creates some of the coolest relationships and that that's kind of the experience that we want people to walk away with right so with ghosts coming up in March that's gonna be our next big one um, I'm really excited about that because I think people are gonna have a great time we're even looking at post event camping and barbecue um, and, and stuff that you know, everybody can appreciate afterwards, right? Just really having a fun and unique experience. And, um, you know, what, as far as the future of these events go, yeah, some of them are going to be tougher than others, especially with Beastbreaker. Um, but it's really meant to give you relationships, um, a unique adventure, and something that you can reminisce and, and find learning and going down later and you know that'll look different for everybody but as we do these more and more I hope that we can build uh, better events together and I think we're going to keep doing uh, what we did after this one where we'll send out post event surveys we'll ask for real candid and and frank feedback you know what went well what didn't go well and you know even if, um, on the surveys it's has something about each one that led. So like, what did Adam or Rachel or Brian do well in leading the event? What could they do better? Um, things like that, that, um, I don't know, it's, it seems, it feels to me like it's a much more personal experience for, and, and we want to hear what we can really do better. So I, I'm, I don't know, I'm biased, <laughs> but I really feel like this is the right direction for us to go. And 
really does a good job of, of finding the right mix of fun, but tough, but silly, but adventure. And uh, can't wait to see what happens next year. And Adam, just to kind of jump on the relationships, I mean, that's how Janelle and I met. That's how we started the bond that we have. And that's why it's continued for three years. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. All right. Well, on that note, I think we're going to end this. I, I feel like we could talk for hours, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thank you everybody for coming and being on today. Um, yeah, it was a great episode. I love hearing about beef break. I'm going to, I'm going to have to do it one of these times. And then, uh, yeah, I look forward to the ghost coming up in, in March and yeah, this will be good. So. Well, now that you've talked about it, Mike, you know, between Virginia and I and Adam, we're we're gonna drag you out there. Like, you oh, just yeah. signed the warrant. We're we're taking you out next time. They will do, oh, yeah. be doing uh, the yeah. partner carries. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know about that. All <laughs> right. Once again, thank you all for being here, and I will talk to you guys later. Thank you, Mike. It Thanks. was awesome to have a minute just to chat with everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Yep. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast brought to you by Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. You can find us on Facebook or at BeastOCR.com.